Playlist with Ben and Fiona. Alcohol is alcohol. I know what it is. I'm Danish. You're Australian. We know what it is. Welcome to The Playlist, where we talk about movies and TV shows that are worth your time. I'm Fiona Williams, and I manage our online coverage of movies and TV here at SBS. And I'm flying solo in today's special episode, as my co-host, SBS and SBS Viceland Channel Manager Ben Nguyen, is off doing a last-minute swat on the award season contenders ahead of our Golden Globes coverage. So he'll be back next time. But today, I'm going to be joined by Mads Mikkelsen. Hello. Giant of Danish cinema and pretty big star of the small screen too, thanks to three seasons of Hannibal. I don't know if we need to do Mads Mikkelsen's uh, movie catalogue, but uh, let's chuck in a few. You've no doubt seen him in Marvel movies. He's been a Bond villain. And now he's about to take over the Grindelwald role from Johnny Depp. Uh, In fact, he's about to speak to us from London where he's been shooting that film. But SBS has always been the home of Mads Mikkelsen in Australia. Personally, I remember seeing his Pusher trilogy way back when. And uh, at SBS On Demand, you can have yourself a Mads Mikkelsen festival pretty much any day of the week, uh, including now we've just recently launched one of his early TV roles. We've got four seasons of Unit One, which he shot in the early 2000s and sees him play part of a mobile police task force who are cracking some of the harder cases. So if you're into Nordic Noir and uh, detective shows... Get on to Unit 1 for some early 2000s Mads Mikkelsen in some rock and some giant black leather jackets. And we've also got his recent films, Arctic, which I've raved about on this podcast previously. Finds him stranded on a mountaintop. Um, it's one of those lone survivor movies like A Gravity or An All Is Lost. It's a genre I love. We've also got The Hunt, which... I think is my favourite of all his roles, which sees Mads play a primary school teacher wrongly accused of child abuse. And the film makes a point of showing that he is innocent of the accusation so that the focus is on the community fallout and the lack of due process, etc. And, of course, as it should, it, it hinges on his central performance and watching him as the screws tighten. It's phenomenal. And I mention that film in particular because it's now almost 10 years on and uh, he's reteamed with that film's director, Thomas Vinterberg. So they've joined up for another round, which is in cinemas and which brings Mads to the show. So the film tests the theory that we're all running a few data points short of the required level of alcohol in our bloodstream and that with some sustained, modest inebriation, we can open our minds up to the world around us eradicate some of our problems, get over ourselves and reach our true potential, (laughs) if you like. So Mads plays Martin and he and his three friends, they're all high school teachers who, you know, they're kind of phoning it in these days. They're not really at the peak of their powers. So they embark on this experiment to maintain a constant level of intoxication through the workday. So we see how that works out. And uh, the film walks a line of showing the attraction of getting a bit of a boozy buzz But also there's four of them. So let's just say each man takes to day drinking quite differently. So it is a fun premise and they have a great time doing it. But, you know, it does walk the line of melancholy as well. You know, Mads has a breakdown very early on in the film that that then makes him realise that maybe he wants to test this theory. He's not living his best life and certainly not as a husband. But behind the screen, um, and I bring this up because we we talk about it in, in the interview as well, but... The film is marred by its own tragedy. Um, Thomas Vinterberg wrote the film for his daughter, Ida. Uh, She was set to play Mads' daughter and the film was going to shoot at her high school in her final year of school. She was all through this. But tragically she passed away in a car accident in 2019 as they were preparing to shoot the film. Um, And in his grief, 
of course, Thomas Winterberg debated whether or not to finish the film. But after, you know, some time and, and no doubt seeking counsel from everyone, he reckoned that she would want him to continue with the film. So her role was rewritten, Mads now has sons. And um, across the award season, and this film has collected quite a few, he's certainly credited Mads and the entire film team, including the film's co-writer Tobias Lindholm and partial director who he took over a little bit when um, when things were getting too much. Um, yeah, Thomas Winterberg has credited them all with helping him carry on and make the film in her memory. And, look, it's a great performance from Mads in this and it caps it off with a big dance sequence at the end um, because, of course, he does, and it connects back to his history as a dancer. He's got some moves. So the film is now in cinemas and it's on the Oscar shortlist as Denmark's international Oscar contender. It's also up for a Golden Globe. Mads won an award in Cannes. He might even get a look in in Oscars. Who knows? But right now, he's in a Zoom room with me. So let's get to it and welcome Mads Nicholson. Mads, great to meet you. How are you? I'm good. Great, great. Look, congratulations on the film. Yeah, it's, it's a real winner. You know, a bit... In the wrong hands, you know, this could be um, kind of an, you know, obnoxious boys' own adventure, but it's not, <laughs> um, importantly. Um, I, yeah, I, I'd love to know how how did Thomas first broach it with you and kind of well, what, um, what made you say yes as well? Thomas made me say yes. I mean, I, I worked with him before <laughs> on, on The Hunt and that was just a, a beautiful experience and a, kind of a game changer for me. Um, we known each other for years, but we never worked together and then all of a sudden it was, The Hunt came up. So that was the primary reason. So right after the hunt, he pitched me this idea that he he wanted to make some kind of a tribute to alcohol. And and he had this idea about his friends. At that point, it was solely about a tribute to alcohol. And, and I knew instantly, obviously, his films will always eventually end up being about life somehow. And that was uh, not different here either. So I was just really pleased when I read the script. It is the, the alcohol is the Kickstarter. Um, and we did not set out to make a moral film about how to, to handle your drink, but we were just looking at it as an experiment, kind of researching the, the, the topic. We obviously had to look at the dark side as well as, as the positive side, which we, we do claim there is a positive side. I think we can all recognize that, what happens when we drink two glasses of wine. Conversations are, uh, are lifting. We become braver at certain things. and and. and and inspiration is also coming to us in a different way. Um, so we use it as a Kickstarter for these four guys whose, whose lives has come to a standstill. And with Martin, um, you know, you bring the great sensitivity to him. You know, it's very early on where, where he realises, you know, he's kind of a bystander in, in his own life, really. Um, right, right. Just tell me about him and, like, bringing that level of sensitivity to him. Well, it's, it's there. It's there in the script. He's a... He's obviously a man who has been a formidable teacher once uh, for a number of reasons, which maybe just the reason is life itself has, has caught up with him and, and he's just uninspired. He's not curious anymore. And that's not only in his job, it's, it's in, his, in, his, uh, in his marriage and as a father. Um, and yes, quite early in the film, it dawns on him that the train has left him and he's standing on the platform. Uh, and, and it's not something that he's spent too much time on thinking about, but it kind of dawns on him on that specific occasion when he downs a glass of vodka and then another, then another one and a big glass of red wine. <laughs> and then he just goes, I missed my, miss my chance. 
it's over. And um, it's it's a bold move uh, in a film to do that as early as I believe it's 19 minutes into the film that we have a smaller breakdown for for the main character, which would normally take place an hour and a half into the film. <laughs> yeah, but Thomas insisted that he wanted to bring the audience closer to the character through his breakout, his breakdown, as opposed to getting the audience closer and then get the breakdown. Um, but it, 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 um, we, were, we were nervous whether it worked or not, but I mean, the, the, the camera isolates me. Uh, <clears throat> it becomes his own bubble. He can hear his friends, but he can't interact with them. So, so, so that's a lot of help for me there as well. Uh, so, so the camera and the director is focused on how to, to pull it off, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you've played your fair share of tough guys and villains, um, but, you know, I, I do love these moments of frailty that, that you bring, like with the hunt especially. Um, and here, like, maybe it's a leading question, but, like, are, they, are these more rounded characters more interesting for you to play? No, I don't divide it up in, in one is, is more interesting than the other. I think they're all facets of life. Uh, this character happens to be a you and me person, uh, somebody we can recognize. Uh, is Sometimes you make characters that are very solid, precise characters that is not you and me, and then we follow those, those people. Thomas has uh, ability to to place very ordinary people in, in extraordinary circumstances right, and situations. And that makes them relatable, I think. Um, I can recognize a lot of things in, in Martin. I cannot recognize his, his uh, loss of appetite on life. Uh, I, don't, I don't recognize that at all. But once he starts coming back to life with some, in, <laughs> with some in help from, from alcohol, that's probably the Martin he used to be. And, and that one I can, and I can recognize him as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, sorry to bring it up, but like the, the idea of like that embracing life um, was especially true on, on the set. And, and the, like Thomas has been very open about crediting you and the team with, with helping him through, you know, the worst um, time of his life. Yeah. But yeah. just on a practical level, like how did you manage that and how did, how did you help lift him and also make a great film? Yeah, I don't really know. Uh, everything was just, it was just so surreal. We were in a bubble. It was, um, I mean, if Thomas has said, I can't do this, I, I, I have to lie down for, for five years, it, that, we would have accepted that. But once he said, I have to do this, uh, that was what we did then. Uh, and how we handle it is, is very difficult to answer. We, we had a little meeting, the four of us, the four actors and, and the writer, and we sat down and we, we talked about how to approach it. And, and, and we was like, listen, he would not love us to treat him like uh, like a rotten rotten egg, right? He wants us to to be who we are. So we we will keep an eye on him. We will um, have it in in the back of our head constantly. That was unavoidable, of course. It had a big effect on all of us, uh, obviously most Thomas, but all of us. Uh, and then we just decided, listen, we will just jump into this and 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 try to fulfill his dream as much as we can and 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 so it became like a vacuum thing we just went there and and when it was finally over that was a kind of like it was a little sad it was over because it was it was not just a film that was wrapping it was it was a process obviously for 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 Thomas and now he had to find another way to handle his 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 disaster yeah. yeah, yeah, no, of course it doesn't doesn't end, does it? Um, so with you know with the drinking that is all part of the film, um, how <laughs> it's tricky to play drunk, I imagine. You know, you don't want to 
it can go too big, it can go too small. How, how did you yeah. manage it? You can actually not go too big. Uh, this is like the, the thing about overacting or, or also going too big with acting drunk. It's always about wrong. Uh, because if you watch people on YouTube who are ballistically drunk, funny enough, we did that a lot. We watched a lot of Russian people just to get inspired. Um, it's, it's just, it's so insanely big what they're doing. It's insane, but it's true. You know, it's real. So, so that was inspiring for those kind of uh, scenes where we had to go full out Charlie Chaplin insane, right? The, the, the other little versions of two glass, four glass, going up and down on the volume, is was all about hiding that you're drunk. At that stage, you don't want your surroundings to, to notice that. So one, once you're trying your very best not to, to behave drunk, that gives you away as well. You become a little stiff in your movements. You're a little too precise when you talk. Um, so, so, so that was an interesting thing to go up and down on the volume for that. We did a little boot camp just to make very sure what happens on 005, 008, and, and 01. Just, just, you know, and then we did some of the scenes, we taped it, didn't feel that much different. Uh, but then when we watched it, there was a lot of difference. I mean, two and four glasses, enormous difference. The hands were starting to, to do things you were not aware of, uh, and your, your speech just went somewhere else. But it was very interesting, so now we had that tool, so we could go up and die, down on the dial. <laughs> Are those videos on YouTube, your, your little boot? I don't know. They, they, they got to be somewhere. But, but it was never like, it was never, uh, we never did it to the, to the extreme point because we wouldn't have a chance to remember it or use it for any purpose. <laughs> you know. But the smaller versions were, 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 were super interesting because when you're in the midst of that, you don't, you don't think there is such a big difference because your friends are in the same, at the same state. Um, but it hits around point one. It hits that mark where people talk a lot and they're not so good at listening and and then and uh, and that's also interesting to you know to be inspired for for a scene because that happens people are constantly talking and nobody's listening and it becomes <laughs> like like children right yeah. yeah we've all we've all been there um so what do you think of this theory what do you what do you make of the thing i do well, this, the theory is obviously 100% true. I mean, there, there, there's no doubt about it. I'm, I'm not sure that it has to be alcohol or, or, or it has to be that specific uh, um, 0 0.05. But there is obviously a zone. Everybody recognizes that zone where, where it's just inspiring. You know, there's, and yes, there is an enormous difference between two glasses of wine and two bottles. And so we deal with that in the film as well. But being in that zone, but it's just floating and, and, and everything is just like, you, you're just kind of like hitting the bullseye without even spending an effort on it, right? And how many couples met each other without having alcohol involved? I mean, the, the, it, it's been here for thousands of years for a reason. And so, so it is a tribute to that. Uh, obviously, there's no way we can hide the fact that families are ruined and people are losing their lives over this as well. Yeah, yeah, it's walking that line, isn't it? Because, um, you know, we've seen a million cautionary tales, but for a reason as well, yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of beautiful films about, you know, the, the downsides of, of, of misusing alcohol. So that was never our mission. We wanted to have a balance between those two and then in general just make a film about embracing life with or without alcohol. Yeah, for sure. Has this whole experience, has it changed in any way, better or worse, your, your relationship with alcohol? 
No, not really. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I, we, we try as much as we can to be smarter than the characters in the sense that even if we are playing Einstein, I mean, there's some, there has to be something about him that he's not aware of that I'm aware of if I, if I play him. You know, uh, I, I won't be able to match him on his, his uh, physiques <laughs> uh, and, and, his, and his, his brain capacity. But there will be other things that he doesn't see in the mirror that I will have to spot. So, so in that sense, we are on top of the situation. We are, we are the puppet masters of the characters. Uh, and no, alcohol is alcohol. I know what it is. I'm Danish. You're Australian. <laughs> we know what it is. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, I mean, we have to talk about the epic dance scene at the end. Um, yeah. sure. <laughs> um, you know, what was it like flexing those muscles again, getting little muscle memory happening there? Yeah, that was weird. That was that was muscle memory, and and it was rusty. I was rusty. I mean, the character is rusty as well, so that's no shame. And in, in, in that was that was the goal, of course. But there was a little tiny part of me that was became slightly ambitious on my former craft, and I was like, damn, I used to jump way higher than this. This is <laughs> disastrous, you know. Um, but it wasn't about dancing. It was about his inner journey. Of course, he just lost somebody he loved. He just <clears throat> regained. Someone he loves within the same hour. For us, it was important that that was was coming through in the dance, and not so much the aesthetic of dancing. But I was rusty, and uh, and and I was pretty sore a few weeks after that. It's it's, it's muscles you don't you don't use every day. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, no, it's all for the character meds. It's only he was rusty, not you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and did you shoot in sequence? So, like, was that the last thing that you shot? It was one of the last things. I. I thinking it it might have been the last thing we did not we did not shoot in sequence constantly we, we they always try as much as they can but but then you have the school in in a window we have it you maybe have have it for three weeks they were having exams on the school so we had to fit into that so so we can't we can't shoot it completely in sequence but they try as much as they can i think it might have been one of the last things we did i think it was and I mean, the time this film is coming out in, you know, it's obviously pandemic is bracing the world. Maybe we're all drinking a little more than we <laughs> might have when we're at home. Um, right. Yeah, we'll talk about the, the path of this and the way it's connecting with people. You know, like it's um, it's really finding its audience around the world. Yeah, it, it is. This was one of the things we were we were a little nervous about whether there would be a backlash. Not only because of the topic of the film, the topic could be a backlash. That turned out not to be the case because. The vast majority of people watching the film gets it. They 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 see what it's about, like a tribute to life. Uh, so we didn't get that backlash, and then we thought, oh my god, when I watched the film, it was like, is this legal? Can people walk around like that and hug each other and drink from the same bottle and give each other kisses? It it, it felt as if we were naughty. This is like, yeah. oh, we're gonna get in jail, and and that was obviously scary because it was only maybe six months ago that we had normal life and in within six months we we felt as if we were not allowed to live anymore and and watching on screen was almost illegal right but it turned out it didn't have a backlash people were not ready to watch a film about the covid situation they wanted to see a film about life uh, so that was just fantastic yeah no it's so true yeah but i mean you know you do see when people in close proximity in movies now it's it's weird you never know in these days what can offend? Uh, so we thought this might be one of the things, uh, but we've been, been lucky so far. 
Yeah, no, it's great. Look, I have to ask, because the broadcaster I work for, we have all of your films. It's kind of like the place for Mads Mikkelsen completists. <laughs> um, and we're getting Love this it. one getting this one um, later when it comes to um, TV. But we are getting Unit 1, that your old series is coming on Monday, actually. Um, all four seasons are dropping. Um, <laughs> rewind, like, 20 years. Tell it, what do you remember of making? 22 years. Right. 22 years ago. Well, I was aware that people watched it in, in uh, Australia uh, and, yeah. it, and it's been, I mean, there is something with the Australians and Danes that it, it tends to be received really well what we do in Australia. Uh, and I, I can see why. We have a lot of things in common. There's a lot of things, not only cultural, but also humor, I guess, sarcasm and irony is part of our cultures. And, and so you guys get it in a different way than they might do it in, in Germany, I guess. Um, yeah, how was that? It was... It was the first TV thing I did, and I remember because I was such a, um, I was such a, a rebel rock and roll guy in the film environment. You know, we did all these, like almost documentary field films, like the Pusher trilogy, and 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 then going into this gigantic, like almost BBC universe where uh, the rules are very strict and it's kind of conformative. I, it brought a lot of sweat on my forehead because I was like, oh, man, I'm selling out, you know. Um, I'm not the rebel anymore. What's happening here? And I, I was struggling with that for a while, but it was really the first time I, I could actually make a salary every month, uh, which was came in handy because I had two kids. I just had my second at that time. And then once I was in there uh, with my colleagues, I just started loving it. It was fun and it was interesting, some good stories, and and we get to really come close to our characters. Yeah. Like I say, it's the station first. We're insanely young. I mean, when I watched it, I saw some (laughs) a year ago or something that came on Danish. I was like, me and my partner and the guy, we all was together. And he's actually, what is he, seven, eight years older than me. We both look as if we're 18 and we would never ever get a job as a cop. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, quite senior jobs so, for your age. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh great. No, oh, I can't wait to see how that one how that one does. Um and look, what are you what are you up to now? Where where are you actually in the world? I'm in London. I uh, we are wrapping up the last bit of uh, Fantastic Beasts uh, three. Uh, and so that hopefully is wrapped up in early early March. Oh, excellent. And and how has that been filming kind of you know, now. Uh, yeah, first of all, we are able to do it, which is not a lot of people can say they're able to do that job anymore. So so, so, so we can definitely not complain. But there's obviously a lot of restrictions. We're wearing masks everywhere. We only take it off once we start acting, and then we put it on again. Little difficulties with the makeup, of course, especially for the girls and lipstick. But we get around it. Um, being tested every day, um, it, surreal circumstances. But as I said, we um, we we work, and uh, that's more than other people can say. Yeah, no, so true. And are you getting a chance to watch anything? Like, um, we love to ask people what they've been watching, loving or hating. You know, it's awards season at the moment. There's a lot, a lot of good stuff around. Have you had a um, chance to watch much? I haven't watched a lot. I mean, I tend to often when I sit down and watch something, it's often sports. Um, I love everything. I just obviously watched Australian Open. Uh, with, a, with a broken heart because Federer was, Federer was not in there, but I, I had to suck it up and watch it. Um, yeah, uh, again, missing the crowd when you're watching stuff like that. Uh, you had some, but it was not packed, right? Uh, yeah. I, have what, I, I went back in time and I watched Decalogue, uh, Kislovsky's Decalogue the other day, uh, which is one of my favorite things. And it's just, 
it's, it's just still holding up. It's just an, an amazing piece of work. Mm, yeah, oh, great. Yeah, well, I mean, it's such a such a time to be watching everything. Everyone's kind of finishing Netflix and going through their DVD collections, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for giving us plenty to watch. It's always great fun. Look, thank you and stay safe and congratulations on the film. Thank you. And, and likewise, stay safe and, uh, and good morning to you. Yes, thank you. Sun's coming up in, in Sydney. It's a nice day. Look. <laughs> thank Bye. you. Have a great day. Bye. Bye-bye, mate. Bye. So there you have it. That was Matt Nicholson. As mentioned, Another Round is now in cinemas and you can also catch Unit 1 and Arctic and The Hunt and look, a bunch of old Mads Mikkelsen films, all now streaming at SBS On Demand. Search Mads and get in there and have yourself a great time. Um, so that's it for our show. And uh, as mentioned, Ben will be back next time to dissect the Golden Globes with me. But until then, make sure you subscribe to SBS The Playlist wherever you get your podcasts. In fact, wherever you're listening to this from. And if you give us some stars, leave a nice review. It helps other people to find the show as well. If you want to get in touch, tell us your favourite Mads Mikkelsen movie. You can get in touch with us on Facebook. We're back there now. And uh, also on Twitter at SBS Movies. I'm on Twitter at Anything But Fifi. And Ben is there as well at TV. The playlist is produced by Jeremy Wilmot. And uh, that's it. Until next week, thanks for listening.